This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Feels. Ever since NASA's Perseverance rover landed on Mars back in February, we've been blown away by the photos, videos, and even sounds that it has sent back to Earth from tens of millions of kilometers away, which have given us our clearest look ever at the red planet, which even on a clear night is just a tiny dot in the sky. We put a car on that thing. Yeah, we drove around. But uh, what we've really been eagerly awaiting for the past two months since the landing is the launch of Ingenuity, the tiny, cute little helicopter, the <laughs> helicopter drone that they sent with Perseverance to do the first ever powered flight on another planet. Flying a rotary drone on Mars isn't as simple as it sounds due to the air being much thinner than here on Earth. And a spin test earlier this month went so wrong that NASA postponed its first flight out of caution. Uh, they ended up just having to rewrite and reinstall some of its software, which is basically the same sort of day one patch most software gets, except they had to send it uh, from 170 million miles away. So, actually very cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this past Monday, though, after testing things out and making sure that everything was good to go, the Ingenuity took flight, and its big brother, Perseverance, took video of that flight, and it looks cool. Yeah, I mean... On its surface, this does seem pretty mundane for something so revolutionary and first of its kind. I yeah. mean, it's just a static wide shot of a little drone out in the desert lifting three meters off the ground and hovering there for 39 seconds before coming back down. What's the big deal? Mm. Well, it's on Mars. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is the first flight of a powered aircraft on another planet ever. And uh, these folks seen here monitoring the flight at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, they were very, very excited about it because it's very exciting. Yes. Uh, and then a few days later on Thursday of this week, they did it again. And this time they went two meters higher than before and 13 seconds longer. Now, I haven't released video of that second flight, but they have released a black and white selfie taken by Ingenuity of its shadow on the ground below. Uh, what we really want, though, are some aerial color photos from Ingenuity's horizon-facing camera. And Come on, it, NASA. It sounds like it took some on this second flight, but they haven't been released yet. They're uh, photoshopping <laughs> out all of the aliens. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably just still uploading, actually. It could be, yeah. Uh, also, it is worth noting that Ingenuity is basically a tech demo for future UAVs NASA sends up there. Uh, it's not really built to last longer than a month or so, uh, but depending on how everything we've sent to Mars is gone, it... Probably could last 10 years. This mission has been a resounding success. Yeah, well, so even far. the previous one, the Curiosity rover was supposed to die yeah. like years before. Like, yeah, they just like figured out a, a hot fix for it. They're like, oh, we can actually keep this going for a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, its main job is just testing out flight and e the fact that it even works on Mars. So, uh, so far, so good. Um, the the one video, though, I, someone on Reddit either posted it to Reddit or, or someone analyzed it and then posted it to Reddit, but it was like a... Kind of like that AI taking over and stitching the frames to make it more frame rate per second. Yeah, because the video that the NASA uploaded was like seven frames per second or something yeah, like that. It was like watching porn in 98. Now, <laughs> what, what someone did with AI is like watching porn in 2007. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the Ingenuity copter, that's not even the biggest Mars news from this week or even from that same day. Mm -hmm. uh, along with the news of Ingenuity's Second flight, NASA also dropped the news that a device on the Perseverance rover had successfully created oxygen on Mars. Wow! Which is a massive, crazy step towards eventual manned missions to Mars. The device, I love this, is called MOXIE. You got MOXIE. <laughs> MOXIE stands for Mars Oxygen In Situ Resource Utilization Experiment. Okay. And uh, like Ingenuity, it's, ba it's basically a tech demo that NASA sent up there to prepare for future missions. Just like be cool to do this thing 
we're not going to send a big giant version of it up there and just have it not work. So we're going to send a little guy, test it out. And uh, yeah, apparently it works. And it works by taking Mars's CO2 heavy air and just separating the CO2 into CO and O2, aka carbon monoxide and oxygen. And uh, this first test extracted roughly five grams of oxygen or enough oxygen to sustain an astronaut for about five minutes. Now, to do this, the MOXIE has to take two hours to heat up to 800 degrees Celsius. And even once it's up and running, it only generates about 10 grams of oxygen per hour. Uh, in other words, just 10 minutes of breathing per hour. So not life-sustaining. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this current device, it isn't enough to actually keep anyone alive on Mars. But the principle behind it seems to work, which nobody knew for certain before. Uh, and NASA can now develop and test bigger MOXIE machines for future missions. Yeah, one of the developers was just like, this never happens, but every single like test metric that we used in a lab like came back exactly the same from Mars. Yeah. So looks like we, we did. did something right. Yeah. Uh, now, it's worth noting, though, that uh, in a hypothetical Mars colony, the MOXIE machines will not only need to be powerful enough to keep astronauts alive, but in fact, most of the oxygen it will need to produce will have to go towards rocket propellant to launch uh, rockets from Mars back to Earth. Um, but you know, a lot of people a signed. Moxie. A lot of people signed up for the one-way ticket, and it's like even if they have like the ability to return back to Earth, you'd be like, well, you did sign the documents, so yeah, uh, it's going to be hard for us to really you know make the case that you're allowed to come back when you clearly signed the documents saying that you signed up for a one-way trip. You signed the documents. It's you right the TOS. <laughs> you're shit out of luck because of the yeah. TOS. But yeah, I didn't realize like uh, I was like, yeah, that's cool, but. Uh, yeah, most of rocket propellant uses oxygen. Yeah. You need oxygen in it. You need a fuck ton of oxygen in order to actually launch a rocket. So did they need a big moxie. Did they bring any of Matt Damon's human feces to grow potatoes out of? Was that one of the experiments? I, I hope they, they do test that at some point. I mean, that's a realistic thing. Like People are they are going to make their own fertilizer. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah. Uh, anyways, as we always say when it comes to Mars colonization, uh, we are getting closer and we are making huge strides, even though these look like tiny steps. That, like This is massive. This yeah. is huge. But yeah, there's a lot of crazy uh, amount of obstacles to overcome. But, I mean, we should all be very impressed by this. Yeah, this is cool. There's a lot going on in the world, and this is something that's actually cool that's happening. The big one, the big one that uh, I don't know if they have a solution for is the fact that anyone that actually goes to Mars is just going to be riddled with cancer after like... A few months up there. Sir, you signed but, the document. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I heard like maybe uh, have everyone live underground on Mars, which sounds depressing, but. Yeah, what's the know. point? You can live underground on Earth. Yeah. It all looks the same underground. Everything looks the same underground. Yeah. Anyways, enough about the technology of the future. Let's talk about the technology of today. Uh, Apple had uh, one of their big events this week. So let's take a look at what they showed off. So first off, Apple's divorce from Intel and decision to make its own CPU chips was met with some skepticism initially, especially once people saw how just average and unremarkable the raw specs were. But Apple's M1 chips in their MacBooks and Mac Minis are apparently much more powerful than they seem uh, due to being just completely designed specifically for the machines they're a part of. Uh, they perform incredibly well. Uh, so it's no surprise that Apple is now moving over to the iMac and iPad Pro to having M1 chips as well. Yeah, the new uh, M1 iMacs are probably the biggest announcement out of this event. The iMac's design has been completely changed for the first time in over a decade, and it is insanely thin now. It basically looks like a huge iPad with an aluminum stand attached. 
It's a powerful all-in-one computer and 4.5K monitor, and it takes up less space than a typical standalone monitor. And uh, in a throwback to the original CRT iMacs from over 20 years ago, it's available in a selection of six different pastel colors, which all honestly look fucking great. I mean... I'm a big fan of color in tech. Not everything has to be, like, black or silver. That's why you love Razer products. Well, all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> but no, this is a cool. Color. This is a cool like flashback to uh, when I was in high school. Everyone had those big dome. Yeah. Uh, not everyone, but the schools did, and I and some of my friends who had parents who owned their own businesses had the Macs with yeah, the different was, colors. Yeah, it was cool because computers at that time looked like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a I had a compact with like the. Uh, it had I still to this day don't know what it does, and they don't exist anymore, and I've never looked it up. But it had a turbo button on it. There was like a button that was like turbo. I was like, why? Do I want the computer the, to go faster? The VTech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the VTech kicked in. Yeah, those, yeah. The old Macs have not. The look has not aged well. But like mm. at the time, it was like, oh wow, a computer that doesn't look like fucking shit. What was the computer that came in a cow box? Oh, uh, Gateway. Yeah, Gateway. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. They had their own stores back then. They did. Yeah. R.I.P. But Apple always looked the the coolest, at least, and that's yeah. what the the schools. Uh, well, computer labs had, yeah. but uh, hey, it's a nice throwback. Mm-hmm. Now, some other cool features include putting the uh, Ethernet port on the power supply brick instead of the computer. Probably because the computer is so fucking thin, it can't even take. Well, it would look ridiculous jack. too. Yeah. It's just like, no, we're not going to put any plugs back here. Like, it's beautiful. Also, a new keyboard that has fingerprint touch ID built in, along with some other useful hotkeys, like an emoji button. That's great, actually. Yeah, using emojis on Windows is kind of annoying. Unless you have, like, he's got to go to the, like, Google it and then copy paste. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. I I was a iMac user for a long time. I had uh, two. I had, I had the old white iMac, mm-hmm. then I had an aluminum one, and uh, they're they're great machines. They work great. It's incredible how much like power you can get in something like this. Yeah. But this new one is so fucking thin. It's uh, a li- I think it's like one point one centimeters thick. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's crazy. Mind blowing. Like I, I switched to iPhone last year, but I haven't used a regular Mac anything. Like I, I switched from, I used to work on a MacBook Pro at Machinima when yeah. I first started. But as, since Adobe came out with Premiere, yeah. uh, I haven't had any reason to go back. Pre- but uh, Yeah. Uh, Final Cut was the thing keeping me on Apple yeah. for so long. I still like, at this point, I, I probably will buy a MacBook at some point in the next year just to have yeah. an Apple machine around. But, uh, I will say, six months in, seven months into the iPhone, I love it, and I'll probably never go back. Yeah, it just works. Literally, that's yeah, that's the the Apple selling point is uh, the shit works. Yeah, it just fucking works. It definitely does. Anyways, the iPad Pro also got an M1 update, and uh, this was <laughs> this was introduced via, via a very silly video in which a guy does a Mission Impossible style heist at Apple's HQ to steal the M1 chip from the MacBook department and bring it to the iPad department before taking off his mask and revealing that he was Tim Cook the whole time. Probably could have just sent an email, Tim. Check out the full series on Apple TV+. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But uh, yeah, so honestly, the line between iOS devices and macOS devices feels pretty damn arbitrary at this point. This is an extremely powerful tablet that design-wise just looks like a smaller iMac without the stand built in. Um, the specs are crazy for a tablet. Uh, your average consumer could honestly probably just use this as their primary computer as long as they have like a keyboard and mouse for it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, anyone who's not like gaming or like... Yeah. Well, whatever. and like now this one, like it can handle 
the port can handle like USB. To, uh, you, you can use all sorts of accessories and peripherals with mm -hmm. it now. And like the setups that they show people using it, it's like, oh, it's just a fucking computer that you can take with you. And yeah. it has a touchscreen on it. Uh, one brand new product announcement, though, from the event. Rest in piss, Tile. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Bozo. <laughs> Uh, Air tags, which are basically Tile products, but mm -hmm. done by Apple. Uh, they're Apple's versions of you know the Tile devices that people attach to their keys or other items. If in case they get lost, you can track them down. I used literally used my Tile today because I couldn't find my wallet. Mm. It works great, but also now that I have an iPhone, like I'll probably get this because yeah. the tech on the phone looks cooler. Yeah. Uh, AirTags use Bluetooth in uh, combination with the Find My iPhone app to let you find items that, were th that are within Bluetooth range. And even if you're outside Bluetooth range, the AirTag will communicate its location via any iPhones that happen to be nearby, yeah. which is kind of the way that Tile works, but it's Tile users, not by yeah, operating There's system. a lot more iPhone owners than Tile users. And with Tile, it has like a ring and it gets like greener the closer you get to it. With this, it, actually it literally points, the points direct, yeah. and says like how many steps away you are, or yeah. feet away you are. It's fucking wild. And like um, uh, people have raised some privacy concerns about this, but I, I think Apple probably considered this. But people, <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Wait, so I could just drop one of these in like someone's backpack without them knowing, and I will know where they are." But it, so apparently, after like it, in intervals of like ten minutes or something, when the tile is away from out of Bluetooth range of your phone, it'll beep, it'll make noise. So uh, it sounds like you can't well, That's also a great feature device. for losing something, and then it's like a little beacon where it's like, oh, someone's lost this. Yeah. And if it's like, if it's out of your range, but it's within someone else's range, it'll notify them on their phone that they're near a lost item, I guess. Uh, on Tile, I only have experience with Tile because this is brand new, but on Tile, I do get notifications that like, my location helped someone find their hmm. phone or something like that. It's like, hey, you you inadvertently located someone's wallet or keys. You're a hero. Thank you. <laughs> and it does a little parade and a, and a suit. Yeah. A suit. Yeah. No, no, no. But uh, no, it's uh, the, the I saw some reviews on this. Like, obviously, you're going to get have like some really fancy keychains and stuff to come out for it. But I will say the thing that works uh, that I use specifically tile for outside of the keys is in my wallet. And I have like a super thin wallet. And apparently it's like way too thick for this. Like I have the oh. my tile is like a a credit card. Mm. So it's uh, the Apple one's a bit thicker, so it might not work in in there, or it'll be un uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'll stick with it a little bit. I guess not R.I.P. But uh, the good thing, these very easy to change the batteries on. Some of the yeah. tiles you cannot change the batteries. Oh, they you just have to send die. new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Apple's streaming box, the Apple TV, has a new 4K model with some pretty cool features. Uh, one that's honestly brilliant is that you can calibrate your TV's color balance by pairing Apple TV with your iPhone and just holding the iPhone up to the TV screen <laughs> so the iPhone's very good camera can analyze a test pattern and uh, the Apple TV will make adjustments according. Wow. Uh, yeah, so you, it will give you like the perfectly calibrated uh, color and contrast. Um, in ways that I've never, like, this is impossible yeah. with any other device, I think. Um, there's also another throwback sort of Apple thing here. Uh, the new Apple TV remote has a touch wheel uh, around the main button that's very similar to the iPod. It allows you to jog playback forward and backwards with your thumb. There's a little dock for the uh, AirTag on it, too, just in case you lose the <laughs> controller. It is a small controller. You, you may lose it. Yeah. I mean... I would assume at some point they're going to put tracking into the <laughs> remotes for these. I mean, this is getting smaller, yeah. so yeah, probably. Other news out of the event include a new color for the iPhone, purple. 
The Color of Royalty, and also Prince. R.I.P. He would uh, love this phone. Yeah. Uh, dedicated to the people of Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. You've been through a lot. Prince is dead. No, you still have to purple. pay for him, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, purple. Uh, they also announced a new subscription option for Apple Podcasts, which lets, uh, lets podcasters charge extra for bonus episodes, early episodes, and ad-free content. Uh, it's basically the Patreon model, but done right there in the app. And it could be great for podcasting revenue. Uh, the thing is, though, like with everything Apple, they take 30% of all subscription revenue on top of the $20 fee per year to enable subscriptions in the first place. Yeah. So we're just... I'm waiting for uh, Spotify to come knocking... And offering us $100 million. Yeah, come on. We're basically like two Joe Rogans for the price of one. Exactly. $50 million each. Yeah. And you got us. We And we'll stay in California. We don't need to move to Texas. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. <laughs> Anyways, we got more news for you coming up. But uh, first, a word from this week's sponsors, starting with Stitch Fix. You're ready to get back outside, but your closet says otherwise. Ew. Get some much-needed style updates with the help of Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. Each piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy, keep your favorites, and send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. There is no subscription required. Uh, try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces that you keep. And there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and the U.K. as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com newsday, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That is stitchfix.com newsday for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash Newsday. And this episode is sponsored by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. Pain, nervousness, sleeplessness. If you experience any of these things, Feels CBD is a safe and natural solution without any harmful side effects. Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, it's delivered directly to your door, now, CBD, it naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. We both use Feels to make sure we can get a good night's sleep and not feel groggy in the morning. No. This stuff, it's great. I use it all the time. Even in the middle of the day, if I'm feeling stressed out about something, just it helps. I use it uh, when, uh, for tummy trouble as well. I mean, Ooh. in addition to other, you know, other stuff to do. But it's, uh, it's CBD is anti-inflammatory. So but yeah. It's stuff like that. My main uh, course of action, trying to get to sleep. Mind racing? Nope. Shut it down. Yep. Mm -hmm. Drip, drip. Just place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. So Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash newsday and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That is F-E-A-L-S dot com slash newsday to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash newsday. Okay, back to the news now. We've talked about Apple. Uh, let's switch over now to another uh, big tech company, Microsoft. Ow! Bill just sent a shockwave into my, into my, uh, my vaccine hole. Yeah. <laughs> I got my first chip yeah. getting ready for my second I'm getting chip. all 5Gs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in an update to some news from about a month ago that had us real worried, it's looking like Microsoft is 
no longer in talks to purchase Discord. Well, that's good. Discord is a good app mm -hmm. that Microsoft would have surely ruined, just like they ruined Skype. So thank you, Lord, and thank you, Discord. Yeah, according to the Wall Street Journal, Discord and Microsoft got pretty deep into their acquisition talks with Discord's uh, going price valued at around $10 billion for a chat room app. <laughs> but it's a damn good one. It's a great <laughs> I gotta hand it to them. Yeah. Discord's founders could have walked away with enough money to never have to care about anything ever again, but they chose to back out of the talks, which included Microsoft and two other unnamed companies, but uh, there was a lot of speculation about who those companies were. Yeah, we still don't know. Uh, Discord is now apparently considering going public with a stock IPO. Don't do it. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't... A lot of great companies, like Valve, they're private companies. They do just fine. they stayed private. Like, I've, I don't know. Like, the... Uh, Every startup wants to go public on the stock market, and I like I don't really get why that it's because like an essential the, thing they it's want. It's because they built the entire company off of employees taking stock options in lieu of actual better uh, salaries than they are getting. Yeah, that, it happens a lot. But everyone even, gets the cash out. To, but you don't even need to IPO like you the stock, stock options, buybacks from big. Yeah, they, they have value regardless of whether it's a publicly traded stock or not. So. Uh, the thing is, it's like. This is what sucks. It's like Discord is a great app. Uh, I don't know if their you know, revenue is anywhere near that valuation. It it's probably all, isn't. Yeah, what is it? It's all just Discord Nitro? I guess. Is that everything? That's the thing, though, is it's like when you take a company public, you're beholden to the shareholders now. Yeah. And everyone's going to want a return on their investment. And like instead of just having a, a good, sustainable company that keeps people employed and like, carves out a bit of profit for everyone at the end of the year, it's like you're never going to be able to make enough to make people happy. So you just have to yeah. keep doing things. And typically, that means sacrificing what made it good in the first place. Yeah, the only reason to IPO is if you're like in major, major debt. Yeah, you're trying to raise capital. <laughs> yeah. Which so, they might be. They may be. I mean, yeah. They You'd could, have to see all the They could have been losing they, money this whole fucking time. We uh, don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like report... Because they, they have to file everything. So it'd be a pretty telling... Uh, I would be interested to see their revenue model. Couldn't be worse than we work. Yeah. But I mean... <laughs> they, oh, yeah, we owe uh, just like $100 billion. It cannot be cheap to operate Discord. It's like c millions of people at any moment are using the voice chat. Every A photo and video, video you've ever uploaded into it's chat is there still there. You can you can go back on the timeline and find it. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Their server fees must be outrageous. But uh, that's what's funny is like, Mike Lindell's site like crushes under like a couple thousand people going to it. Discord like I'm gonna go log on and video chat with someone in Tokyo. Yeah, it's gonna be like perfect. Yeah, yeah, they probably are losing a lot of money. Maybe that's why they. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm trying to IPO. Yeah. Anyways, in other news, in Facebook news, uh, it's only been a few weeks since we talked about that Facebook vulnerability, which exposed a bunch of user information belonging to uh, 500 million users. <laughs> But uh, now it turns out they've got yet another huge privacy breach on their hands. Who still has a Facebook? You. Hey, you that still does. And you've been meaning to delete it. What are you doing? People with parents and aunts and uncles. Who Give them a are, call. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a call. Anyway, this latest vulnerability, it basically allowed anyone with the right tools to uh, find the email addresses of any Facebook account, even if the email address wasn't public on the user's profile. You know what the best part about calling uh, your relatives is? If they start off with that QAnon shit, you just hang up. That's true. You don't have to see it. The, the post isn't just there getting yeah, people talking. Forever. 
Uh, okay, anyways, uh, it's that email thing, it's sort of backwards. It sounds like the tool takes huge lists of email addresses that it already has, and then is able to very quickly link those email addresses to Facebook profiles using fa uh, fake Facebook profiles that do the searching in bulk. Uh, here's from Wired. A video circulating on Tuesday showed a researcher demonstrating a tool named Facebook Email Search V1.0, which he said could link Facebook accounts to as many as 5 million email addresses per day. The researcher, who said he went public after Facebook said it didn't think the weakness he found was important enough to be fixed, fed the tool a list of 65,000 email addresses and watched what happened next. Quote, as you can see from the output log here, I'm getting a significant amount of results from them. The researcher said, as the video showed the tool crunching the address list, I've spent maybe $10 to buy 200 odd Facebook accounts. And within three minutes, I have managed to do this for 6,000 email accounts. Seems bad. Yeah. And yeah, as with that previous Facebook data vulnerability, I mean, this kind of thing, it could be used for stuff like phishing scams and just generally collecting personal information about people, despite those people taking the basic steps to keep that information private. If you hide your email address on Facebook, you reasonably assume that that information isn't out there. And um, yes, that researcher did say that they brought this to Facebook's attention and they did nothing about it. And that's why they reached out to the press about it. And that's why we're hearing about it now. Yeah. Now, Facebook, of course, in typical Facebook fashion, then immediately said, oops, quote, it appears that we erroneously closed out this bug bounty report before routing to the appropriate team. We appreciate the researchers sharing the information and are taking initial actions to mitigate this issue while we follow up to better understand their findings. <sighs> Take some time. Delete the account. Call your parents. Text them. Text them. You don't need to see all their thoughts all the time. Send them a FaceTime. They'll love that. The old people love it. They love the FaceTime. Uh, anyway, speaking of privacy, it's really becoming something that's totally futile to expect, uh, not just from big tech, but also from the U.S. government. And we've talked previously about tools like Clearview AI, which allow government agencies to quickly figure out a person's identity just by using their photo. Uh, that is done by searching the entire Internet, including social media, for matches, at least in, in theory, uh, which might sound fine in theory, if we were talking about catching dangerous fugitives. But uh, this kind of tech obviously has huge potential to be abused and is a major threat to privacy. Yeah. So while the FBI recently caught one of the January 6th Capitol riders using what sounds like Clearview AI or something similar, we're not exactly celebrating that. I mean, it is great that this guy was caught because he wasn't just there at the Capitol. He literally knocked a police officer unconscious and physically assaulted two other cops. Um, so... Pretty bad guy. Yeah. Should probably face some consequences for that. But the way they caught him is uh, pretty unsettling. Uh, here's from the FBI's affidavit. Using an open source facial comparison tool known to provide reliable results in the past, the FBI submitted the middle photograph of figure seven due to it being a clear, straight on photograph of subject. The facial recognition tool yielded results associated with the Instagram page of an individual, individual one from Kentucky, who appeared to be the girlfriend of the subject. Individual One's publicly available Instagram account contained numerous photographs of the subject who, according to the comments section of some of the posts, is named Steven. Individual One's Instagram account also contained a photograph of the subject wearing the same gray toboggan with white Carhartt embroidered on the front that is seen in the Instagram and YouTube videos. Additionally, a review of Individual One's publicly available Facebook account revealed a photograph that appeared to show family members of Steven referenced above. A search of the family members' friends list for Stephen revealed a Facebook page showing the full name as Stephen Chase Randolph. A check of Kentucky driver license records for Stephen Chase Randolph provided a photograph which appears to be the same individual as the subject described above. 
So, so they I, basically did what uh, a bunch of people, on, like a group of people on Twitter does. Yeah. But through a tool. Yeah, I mean, aside so aside from the initial facial recognition church, which is creepy because it's just like, pop that photo in, it's just like, oh, this random Instagram account has that guy in it. Yeah. Aside from that part, I mean, this is all pretty standard investigative work. and it's, all, it's It is kind of cool to see it in action and see how dumb a lot of criminals are. Like, the, there's a trail that everyone leaves online. Yeah. Even if you don't have an account, someone else probably has something linking to you to them online. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they're connecting the dots to figure out the suspect's identity by looking into the people associated with them. And uh, honestly... It sounds like this guy would have eventually gotten himself caught just uh, by being a terrible person who uh, has loose lips. Uh, From that FBI document, on April 13th, 2021, two FBI agents acting in an undercover capacity surreptitiously recorded a conversation with Randolph at his workplace. During the interaction, Randolph, who identified himself as Stephen, admitted attending the riots at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Randolph said he attended the former president's speech, but left early after hearing people would be going to the U.S. Capitol. Randolph said that upon arriving at the area of the U.S. Capitol, there were steel barriers set up in front of a grassy area in front of the U.S. Capitol building, and there were approximately 15 police officers spread out in this particular area. Randolph said he was in this area for approximately five minutes before shit went crazy, and that he was standing close to people who were throwing items at the police. Randolph further stated, I was in it, and quote, it was fucking fun, referring to being in the crowd at the U.S. Capitol. Randolph said he witnessed a female police officer get pushed over by barricades and that her head had bounced off the handrails by the stairs. Randolph opined that the female officer likely had a concussion because she was curled up in the fetal position after being pushed to the ground. So he confirmed everything about the incident that they uh, believe and, act- and know based on video footage that he was involved in. Just Ed Brown un- about unprompted. Yeah. yeah, I was there. Yeah. And I did all these things. <laughs> I did it. It was fucking awesome. Uh, anyways, in similar government surveillance news that might seem fine at first until you stop and think about the implications, a new report from Yahoo News has revealed that the U.S. Postal Service, or at least its law enforcement arm, has been running what sounds like a pretty robust online surveillance program tracking people's social media posts. Analysts with the United States Postal Inspection Service, USPIS, Internet Covert Operations Program, ICOP, monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, says the March 16th government bulletin marked as law enforcement sensitive and distributed through the Department of Homeland Security's fusion centers. Quote, locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing leaning parlor and telegram accounts. A number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of a worldwide rally for freedom and democracy to protest everything from lockdown measures to 5G. Quote, parlor users have commented about their intent to use the rallies to engage in violence. Image three on the right is a screenshot from parlor indicating two users discussing the event as an opportunity to engage in a fight and do serious damage, says the bulletin. Quote, no intelligence is available to, no intelligence is available to suggest the legitimacy of these threats, it adds. Yeah. So, yeah, on its surface, this looks like the U.S. government trying to prevent another January 6th from happening, or at least being more prepared when it does. But uh, you can always count on the U.S. government to direct this kind of the same kind of energy at left-wing movements, obviously. And more so. Yeah, uh, there's nearly a century of history to back that up. Also, it's very weird that the U.S. Postal Service of all agencies is doing this when their law enforcement jurisdiction is generally limited to crimes involving, you know, the mail. Yeah. Um, yeah, scary stuff. It's nuts. And uh, all that goodwill that everyone was pushing towards the post office last year. Uh, in- well, so, I mean, the Secretary 
DeJoy or Postmaster DeJoy. He's still there. He's still in charge. Yeah. It's very, no one talks about this. It was like Trump appointed this guy who's like, Clearly stated goal with the post office was to fucking privatize it, just take it apart. Just man. And he it. was doing that in the lead up to the election. And Joe Biden wins the election and just lets him keep his fucking job. I don't get it. It's strange. I don't know what like the rules or implications behind a replacement would be, but like it is odd that this like lightning rod of hostility for so many, uh everyone just forgot about it. Yeah. It's like Joe Biden got elected. And Christmas presents uh, sort of arrived on time after some delays. And now it's like, I mean, I hate going to the mailbox. It's always <laughs> bad news. Why do we need a post office? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this January 6th shit has a lot of uh, liberals and left-leaning people being like, yeah, no, it's really cool how, like, the FBI is, like, tracking all these people down. And it's like... Literally, like, do not like, give these people more power than they already have because we went they will the ab- Patriot Act. They will absolutely turn around and use the exact same shit next time yeah. you go to like a police brutality protest or anything like that. Yes, this will be used against you. Yeah, always, always. Anyways, next time you post online about attending any sort of rally or protest, be sure to tag the United States Postal <laughs> Service and say, "Hey, to the agent that's assigned to you, buy some stamp flyer there." Yeah. If you ever are running low on stamps and they just magically appear, you know what's up. Yeah, just stand in front of your webcam and like, I can't find any stamps. How am I supposed to send my mail without my stamps? (laughs) Wow, an advertisement for Looney Tunes stamps. (laughs) That is the coolest part of the Postal Service is their... uh, The custom stamps? I like... I bought the Looney Tunes ones Every last time year. I, I actually look up what the stamps are currently, I was like, I should get into stamp collecting. They're they, they cool! They sick shit. Yeah. And also, like, international, like, ca- the Canadian Postal Service, they release some cool stamps, too. Like, I, it, it's a hobby that seems incredibly dorky at first until you actually see the stamps. And you're like, no, I get it. I did, uh, uh, when I was in Italy years ago, they have, at the Vatican, they have a little post office there, and you can send a postcard from the Vatican oh, with their own shit. stamp and everything on it. That's awesome. I sent it to my parents. They were probably like, Huh. And threw it away. <laughs> huh. I can't yeah, read any of this. Uh, well, Latin? What is this? Our, our son's uh, converted to Christianity? I don't know. Throw it away. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for this week's Tech News Day. Um, be sure to check out our previous two videos over here if you mm-hmm. haven't already. Uh, the complete fumble <laughs> of a social media le- website launch. For all to see. Yeah. The funniest part about well, the the links will come up here in a second. But the funniest part is that like uh, the next day, uh, there was still getting hit with traffic. Yeah, his site went down. But it he went just, down. The live stream never stopped. Yeah, he just kept streaming and to his, no one. His assistant told reporters like, yeah, he's still talking. We don't want to tell him that it's down. He's in there. The site's been down for hours, and he's just going. Uh, it, they did have a backup on like it was like the, like MikeLindell.com yeah. was showing it, but. Uh, just uh, everything's going great. Anyways, the links are now up here. You can watch that video about the uh, the launch of the MyPillow social media site, as well as the most recent Weekly Weird News. And we'll see you soon for some news dump. Bye-bye. Bye.